Welcome to Talking Talent, the podcast brought to you by the Supporting Education Group, where we'll look at some of the most complex talent challenges facing maths and schools today. We'll explore the latest market statistics and bring you insights into how some people are finding solutions in a seemingly bleak market. Eternally optimistic, by working together as a network, we can collectively meet the challenges that face us. I'm your host, Penny Swain, a former teacher and school services leader who now works at bringing together those conversations and solutions to ensure that you're future fit and ready for that modern workforce. In this episode, I'm joined by Caroline Cassell, Head of HR School Services for Strictly Education, about the importance of having a living, breathing people strategy in place and why it's more important now more than ever. Good morning, Caroline. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning. Very well, Penny. Thank you. Today we're going to be talking about people strategy. So Caroline has come along today with all of her expert knowledge. So um, just just quickly, Caroline, tell us a bit about why why you're here, all your experience. Yeah, thanks, Penny. Um, so I'm Caroline Cassell, head of HR at Strictly Education, and I've worked in HR for all too long, really over thirty years, and most, if not all, of that time has been working in education with schools and school leaders supporting them with their HR. So a wealth of experience and more recently working with schools along the strategic side of their people strategy. Fantastic. Lucky you're here with us today then. So uh, first of all, and I, I have this question many times when when talking to schools, which is, uh, you know, who who has a people strategy in place? And is it just a document that just sits there? It's just something that someone's been told to do and uh, tick box, that's done. But uh, I suppose, first of all, Caroline, what, what is a people strategy? Yeah, it's a good question, Penny. And um, essentially, it's about a document that allows you to step back from day-to-day operations and develop a strategic plan that addresses essentially where you're heading and what your priorities should be to get there. As we know, typical school and education challenges at the moment are recruitment, retention, employee engagement, well-being, workload, etc. So a people strategy can help you address those and also it's about maximising talents in your school or multi-academy trust. By that, I mean learning and development, leadership, succession planning, growth, etc. And considering what capacity and capability you as a school or a multi-academy trust need, essentially to enable your staff to deliver the best outcomes for your pupils. A people strategy can be as large or as small as you like or it needs to be there isn't really a set format to that and we found from our recent Matt Leaders survey that between 40 and 49 percent of respondents didn't have a people strategy and that's not uncommon in the in the sector we found that common barriers for developing a people strategy were probably things like a, a lack of time to to do that perhaps not knowing where to start with a people strategy and that feeling perhaps that the task was too enormous or or complex. And our advice would be try not to be too overwhelmed and look to break that down into small bite-sized manageable chunks and really focus on your school or trust key priorities and, and go from there. That's incredible, isn't it? 50%, you know, you're saying there are about half of schools, and I think that's pretty consistent whenever you're speaking to a group of uh, leaders in a room, 
that they don't have a people strategy or certainly a working people strategy in place. And yet, you know, people are their biggest expenditure in, uh, in in our budgets and our people are, it's quite you know, everything, a lot of uh, headlines that you see at the moment is certainly that recruitment and retention staffing is is a big issue for schools. So, you know, why is it why is it not at the top of people's uh, priorities at the moment? You know, what, what are you hearing back from schools about why it's not there? Yeah, I, I think it is a it is a priority. I think it's more about actually having the the time to to to, to essentially sit down and, and put something together in in a document, a policy, a strategy, a framework. As we know, most if not all schools uh, and trusts have a school improvement plan, a school de- development plan, or, or or such like documents, and have had that for some time. I think if you ask most establishments as well, they'd all have a budget plan or a budget strategy. Mm-hmm. And then when you say, well how many of those have got a, a people strategy that number drops off considerably and I, I think it's about actually having that in one place and having the time to to actually think about that because a lot of people and staffing matters tend to be reactive and, and you know dealing with those operational matters or, or casework matters and and not really having the time to sit down and and put something together as a as a strategic strategic document because as you say people are the greatest assets in any school or multi-academy trust making up the biggest cost usually 80 percent plus of that of that budget and and thereby because of that sheer volume they have the greatest impact on on pupil learning and outcomes so you know our question is well why would you leave those to chance why why leave that to chance so key question there caroline where what's your advice where do you start how do you a school hasn't got a people strategy in place or a mat, what, what, what advice would you give them on getting going? Yeah, that's a great question. And and actually is, is, is you know, quite an easy one to to start in terms of that conversation with, with a school or multi-academy trust that maybe knows that they, they want one or they might actually have something in practice and in principle, but they haven't actually got that, that working document and they're looking to get started on that. So, so typically, very typically, the starting point is, well, let's consider your organisation's staffing priorities and that will form your people strategy. So what what would be the key people drivers? What are your key people priorities in order to inform that strategy? And typical questions when we're starting to have dialogues with with trust and school leaders is is around what are your greatest people or talent management challenges? How could you address these? What do you need to do now? What do you need to do in the medium term? And what about the future? However, however far ahead you're you're typically looking, say a three to five year cycle or process. Other areas to consider when you're getting started: what current data uh, and information do you have available? What HR metrics do you currently collect and use? Most schools and, and establishments, I think, now do regular engagement survey surveys with employees. So, what information have you got? that's coming from that that can be useful to inform your strategy and I guess the other key area is considering how you would engage and communicate with all the key stakeholders so trustees leaders staff there's obviously an awful lot there to uh, that, a, that a map needs to think about and consider and uh, before they start getting their strategy into place 
and I, you often hear a lot of mats really sort of struggle to find you know where do they go for a bit of advice a bit of expertise a bit of you know just somebody to 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 speak to I think about all of this how do you go about supporting schools for us it's about establishing that professional working relationship um to to really understand all schools are different all multi-academy trusts are different so it's about trying to understand what is their culture what are what's their vision what are their values you know what 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 are they about um and and once you start to understand that and have those discussions and and you know and you can see that in practice rather than just what might be written on a on a piece of paper or their website it's about you know what what makes them them and what, what you know, how do they operate um, and where are they looking to go? So once you can understand and, and, and appreciate that, if you like, culture and values, it's that that can help the discussion about people strategy in terms of framing that and focusing on the detail. So, so what are their primary drivers? You know, we might have worked with them on recruitment. We might know that there's been some issues around employee engagement and challenges around workload or some dissatisfaction so you know understanding some of those key areas and where that particular school or establishment is and 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 how they've been approaching that can really help to progress those discussions at schools themselves so it's kind of building on what's the existing practice and and where do we want to take that so what gaps do we have are there gaps in recruitment are there gaps for us in terms of succession planning, leadership development? What's the the particular multi academy trust's position on on growth? So they might be quite sufficient in terms of the position they are now, but if there's a growth plan, the people strategy can very much support with that in terms of making sure that that growth is successful and, and managed, and the, the the people and the staffing aligned with that. Yeah, and I think you know there's been a lot of a lot of talk recently about how the workforce has changed, and particularly since the pandemic, we've seen that people have come back to work, or it almost seems like you know they've they've, they've their attitude to work has changed. So we've got the, our current workforce that has different expectations from their employer, and certainly a, a much heightened focus around mental health and well-being, flexible working. But also we've got a modern workforce coming in. So we've got new entrants coming into um, into education. And and it's critical that we we are an attractive employer, that what we have are, are conditions and an environment that's going to be attractive to, to new people coming into the profession. They have options working for other employers where they do offer things like flexible working, like uh, opportunities to take volunteer days out, etc., how have you seen it change in education and and therefore impact the the people strategies that uh, that schools and mats are having to put together i think the post covid workplace is an is an interesting one as you know generally speaking most organisations went from very office based to completely home based and now looking to be as flexible as they can and as is possible both for their employees and and the organization itself and and schools are very different in terms of what they can do and what is what is possible for them to do in terms of that hybrid working I think also uh, and and that there is possibilities there but essentially schools have to be quite creative about what they can do in terms of flexible working because essentially 
most schools need most staff in on most days in order to to deliver the curriculum. I think the challenge that schools probably have faced has been compounded by the budget financial situation and that uh, the, the the challenges around recruitment and uh, other data that informs that, such as the teacher wellbeing index. And I think for workload generally and the the work that schools are able to offer as an attractive employer, particularly with support staff, they've kind of lost a bit of that USP that they had before the pandemic for support staff, particularly with part-time term time offer to support women and, and men with, with caring responsibilities, either for small children or, or the elderly generation. And, and that was a very attractive recruitment piece for, for schools, as opposed to full-time working where you didn't have that flexibility. And I, I think that we've, we've certainly seen that as more of a challenge for schools where there are a lot of other organisations offering the same or probably better money with more flexibility, either remote working or home working in a more flexible way. So there's definitely a challenge for for schools, but there's a lot of interesting work that's going on in schools about flexible working and how they're being creative about that in order to both recruit, but more importantly, retain staff. Because let's face it, if your retention is is good, then that's not going to cause you much of a recruitment issue, is it? Absolutely. What are the top three things that you would say schools need to seriously address about being a, a, an attractive employer you know what what uh, you would have seen this and I know with with mats that you work with you know there are some that are doing some incredible things at the moment about making themselves attractive places to work there's a lot of doom and gloom around you know everyone's leaving teaching no one wants to join no one wants to join the education sector but at the end of the day there are nearly a million people employed in the education sector. It's still it, more than ever the largest ever workforce in education. Uh, it still attracts highly intelligent, motivated, purpose-driven uh, people. But there's there, there's still not enough people, and there's still obviously worrying concerns around the, the the numbers and the reasons why people are leaving. You know, in in your in your experience and talking to Matt's at the moment, you know, what what are the if they could change three things. That, that would have a big impact on their recruitment and retention, what would they be? I think you're right. It is, it is a challenge in terms of recruitment and retention at the moment for, for, for schools and multi-academy trusts. And I think it's about uh, that, that schools are having to be exceptionally creative about how they recruit. So it's the, the, the challenge around recruitment is, 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 is not so much the, the tried and tested way previously of, of, of an advert a job advert it's about looking at where's your talent pool coming from how are you perceived in the market who are your ambassadors for your school or your multi-academy trust what 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 makes you attractive what makes you stand out whether that's locally with your local networks for for support staff and teachers or whether that's in an advert what are you offering that that might be different or attractive to a particular sector that you're trying to to recruit to, and and I think that varies, Penny. I mean, there are, you know, some some for some schools, parking, you know, staff car parking is seen as a as a great asset. For others, it's about the mental health and well being support and and the workload. So it's about what what makes you different, what makes you stand out, and actually looking at all the creative channels of um, attracting 
staff, both teaching and, and support staff. And so that you're not, you know, and that's where the people strategy can can support you in terms of looking forward and not having to react to a situation that you weren't expecting. And I think the the other aspect of that with with retention, because that's the, you know, the, the, the three key challenges for schools are probably recruitment, retention and, and the financial situation, you know, their, their budgets, and they're all linked to linked. I think with retention, that almost, you know, recruitment almost starts with that. As I said earlier, if you, if you are, we all expect a certain amount of churn and turnover and, and let's face it that's healthy but if it's out of kilter or it's not what you're expecting in terms of volumes and that can be you know that, that lack of retention can have an impact on your recruitment both in terms of costs staff morale uh, as well as ultimately it will all link back to the impact on pupils so I think if you know if 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 turnover is an issue um if retention is an issue it's about it's always about the why what 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 information or data do you have that can inform that do you do do you do exit interviews and surveys do you have some you know open transparent feedback about why people are leaving I mean is there anything that that you need to address in terms of that is it about workload is it about the culture or, or actually, is it because you're investing in training and developing your staff and they might well be, you know, they've spent some time with you, but actually they're leaving because they're getting promoted or they're, they're so they're still staying within the education sector. So there's, yeah, I think they're probably the three key areas that schools are grappling with at the moment, recruitment, retention and the financial situation. I think a final kind of point from me, Penny, yeah. probably on mm. all this is really it, like most things with HR. As I said, I've been working in in the fe- in the field and the sector for a very long time. Um, for us, it's really about trying to be a proactive and forward thinking, and also most in, without oversimplifying things. If you can. Um, nip situations in the bud before they escalate into something more complex then then that makes life easier for everybody and I think for me people strategy or your people plan that that overlays that so it's about taking the time to just to sit down and think with the relevant people that can support you to do it to actually say okay essentially where are we where do we want to go and and how do we get there and it doesn't have to be a great big document and a mammoth exercise you know, start very small with bite-sized chunks, but, you know, what really would make a difference to you? Because if you're looking at your people, your biggest asset, in a proactive and strategic way, then actually probably a lot of that firefighting or some of that that challenge around issues hopefully would, would, would reduce. Thank you all for listening. I'm Penny Swain. If you want to get in touch, my details are in the show notes. Please like, subscribe and share. It really does help us reach more people. 